Welcome to the Southside Community Church Podcast with Pastor Mark Kahn. We are located at 1815 South Peace Street in Elwood, Indiana. Visit us on Facebook. The link will be in the description below. Have a great day. Bibles and want to follow along with me here. I want to go to 2 Chronicles chapter 7. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. I'm going to read a few verses there, kind of skip around a little bit. I want to jump around. <clears throat> Not a book here. Amen. And it said here in chapter 7, verse one, it said, Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord, note this, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. Amen. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement. And they worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And I want to jump over here to verse 12. <clears throat> and it said, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven, and God has the power to do these things, if I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Now my eyes, Praise God shall be open and my ears attended to the prayer that is made in this place. For I have now chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and that my eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. And then I want to jump over to Psalms 127. Psalms 127, verse number 1. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman walketh but in vain. And then one more scripture. We get to preach to this today. This is a whole other message. Jeremiah 33, 
and 3. Jeremiah 33 and 3. <clears throat> Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Our dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful and grateful once again, Lord, for the opportunity of being in your house here this morning. We're thankful, God, for the liberty that we felt in this service already today. We're thankful, God, for the testimonies of your people, how they've strengthened us, God, today, and we appreciate it so much. We're thankful, God, that you come and dwell with us, Lord, in this short period that we're gathered here together this morning. And surely, Lord, we need your help today in the preaching of your word, God. For without your Holy Spirit, I tell you, we can't do anything. It'll be empty and void, God. We just pray for your help, Lord, that every heart and every mind would be clear this morning of the things of this life. And may, Lord, we concentrate upon your word here this morning. Stir our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I tell you, this morning, I kind of wanted to preach, if the Lord will help me, about revival. I tell you, it's a great need. Amen. It's a great need of the church as a whole. It's a great need of our nation today, the shape that our nation is in. It's a, it's a need of our families across the land today and the world in itself. I'm talking about a revival, a real revival, not a scheduled revival. Amen. I, and, and the reason I, I come over here to Chronicles was is that uh, here in, the, in chapter 5, uh, they, uh, uh, Solomon, Solomon had built a temple. Listen to this. I want you to follow with me just for a few minutes. Think about this. This is Old Testament. Now, I want to tell you something. If anybody ever tells you that Old Testament is past history, huh? I want to tell you something this morning. It's up to date. Huh? Every time that I, I got on there, wasn't planning on saying this, but every time I read the Old Testament, I tell you, I feel the Spirit of God coming upon me and helping me and stirring my heart. Right. Huh? It's real. Huh? God's just, God is the God of the Old Testament and the New Testament and the entire Word of God. Right. Huh? That wasn't planned. I just had to say that. Uh, Solomon built a temple. You remember he told David, uh, David wanted to build him a house and build him a temple, and and and, uh, and it wasn't in the Lord's will. I never looked really into that or studied it. But he said, "Your son Solomon will build the temple." And, and Solomon, listen, my friend, Solomon built this temple, this beautiful temple of God. I never studied it, never looked into it, huh? Because I did, at this time I didn't think it was that important. Huh? But I tell you, I know it was beautiful. Huh? It was made for the house. It was the house of God. Just like, I guess you could put it like a church huh? that we worship in today. Huh? And, he, and he built that beautiful temple. Huh? And he set the temple up. 
huh? And he and he brought in, listen, he brought in all the gold and the silver, huh? And all the instruments, huh? That were down in Zion, huh? That David, his father, had dedicated, huh, to God. And he and it said there that they brought them up and brought them up into the temple, huh? And then it said a little while later, after they got all them in, he said he called on the elders of the tribes huh, of Israel, huh? And, and those important men, huh? And the priest. And he said, Go down, huh? Go down to my father's house, down to David's, down in Zion, and get the Ark of the Covenant, huh? And bring it up. Listen, they're getting ready to have a revival, huh? In the in the temple that Solomon had built. Praise God. They went down and they got the ark, huh? And they got all the holy vessels. Listen to me this morning, I'll tell you. Listen to this and think about this. Concentrate on this for a minute, huh? And they got the, the ark of the covenant, huh? And the priests and the Levites carried it to the house of God. And all the furnishings that, that, that come in, the, in the, uh, the tabernacle. Listen, that, remember the tabernacle that was in the wilderness with Moses, huh? This was all signs huh, of the coming of Christ. And they brought all those sacred things into the temple. Huh? And it said there that the priests sanctified their cells. Huh? And they went in and they set the Ark of the Covenant up. Huh? Put it between the cherubims. Huh? And all this stuff. And then they come out huh? after they had set everything up. And before that, Solomon and all the people, they said they sacrificed animals. That you so many you couldn't even number them. There were so many animal sacrifices, huh? They were preparing for God to come to this place. <laughs> they were preparing for the Spirit of God to fall on this new temple. Huh? And it said there, and I was reading, and the, and the, and the priests come out of the holies of holies, huh? And they come out, and it said that the Levites took their instruments, huh? And their harps. And, their, uh, and all their instruments that they had in that time. And they started playing them. And the people start singing. And they start praising God. Huh? And it said a cloud came down from heaven and filled the house. Hallelujah. God's Spirit came. And the priest, not in the chapter that I just read, but the priest could not do anything. They could not minister because it was full of the glory of God. Right. Huh? Right. Think about it this morning. huh? Praise God. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. They couldn't do anything. Huh? The fire ain't came yet. <laughs> fire came when that chapter I just read. Huh? Think about that. Huh? They were in one accord, in one heart. I tell you, they got in this new temple, huh? And they were ready to worship God and sacrifice to Him, huh? And, and, and they wanted His presence more than anything else. They needed God to come and fill the house where they was. Right. They were hungry for God, huh? They were hungry for God. And God was faithful. Huh? He seen their hearts. Huh? He seen their intentions. He knew what was stirring them. Huh? Mm -hmm. Praise God. Huh? Then Solomon, 
Solomon, I can't already say his name very well, made a beautiful prayer huh, in chapter 6. And he prayed to God and dedicated the temple. And he prayed to God an intercessory prayer for the people of Israel. Because Solomon knew how these, those people were. How they would, they would go a while, huh? And they would follow God, huh? And their hearts would turn away from God. They would go back in sin, huh? Listen, just like their forefathers did, huh? my friend, the Bible's full of it. They would forsake God and go into another country, huh? And be overthrown by their enemies. I tell you, he prayed a beautiful prayer. Read that prayer. It's pretty long. I think there's 42 verses in it in chapter 6, huh? And after he got done, huh? After he said the prayer, got done with the prayer, it said here that uh, after when Solomon had made an end of the praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the house, and the priest could not enter into the house. <laughs> uh, of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled the house. Amen. It said, and when all the children saw how the fire came down uh, and the glory of the Lord filled the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Huh? Hallelujah. I want to tell you something this morning. I am stirred in my heart. <laughs> I need God. I need God in my life. I need a stirring in my life. I need the Lord in my life in a real and a genuine way. Hallelujah. I read things like this and I hear about the old revivals and the great awakenings that happened in this nations and nations across the, the world today. Huh? God is real and I as his people need an outpouring of his spirit. Right. Yes. We need a real revival. Amen. Praise God. I thought about our little church. I love you people so much. Huh? I tell you, it's been on my heart. Huh? I've been thinking about it, trying to pray about it. Huh? I tell you, for a real revival in this little church. Huh? Not a scheduled revival. I'm not talking about a scheduled meeting. Huh? Where you schedule an evangelist and you schedule singers, huh? And you hold a week, huh? Or what however many days you have, and and they'll come and they'll sing and they'll preach. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a real revival, huh? Where the fire from heaven will fall down. Huh? In our church and on our lives. Huh? Praise God. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. This morning. That's what we need. I thought about us here. This little church. Huh? How? There's just a few of us. There's not very many of us. Huh? And in the past few years, we gained people and we lost people. That's part of church, I guess. I don't know. Huh? But I thought about this. It seems like to me that in the last few years, this church has done more outreach than I, that I know of than any time in the past. 
that this church has outreached to this community and the people around us. I believe that. Uh, we've reached out. We've done things. We went calling. We went door knocking. We was in the, uh, the parade. We got a food pantry going. God is doing things. God is moving on this little church. Amen. And we need it. Yes. We need God. Right. Huh? But I want to tell you something this morning. We need a revival in the depths of our soul. Huh? Praise God. We need that this morning. We need an outpouring of God's spirit upon us. I tell you. I tell you, revival will come because of one reason. Now listen to this. It will come because of one reason God will send it. And it's because that God will come to his church, fill his people with his spirit to be used, huh? to be used of God to go out into a community and reach the world for Christ. That's what it's all about. That's what the church is all about is to save souls. Go out and, and to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. Amen. Praise God. Uh, I'll read you a note here I wrote down this morning. <clears throat> Revival notes here. Our homes, I know, and some of this might sound like I'm repeating myself. Our homes, our churches, our nations, and our world needs revival. Uh, revival is the sovereign work of Almighty God. <clears throat> the church as a whole has been carried into captivity by the world, the flesh, and the devil. Christians are discouraged. I'm talking about today. Many have no hope for revival. They don't uh, even believe that a revival is possible. Liberalism in the churches, uh, disunity among God's people, worldly and compromising our faith these are not the uh, reasons for no revival they are the results of no revival what is revival like i just said when god comes from heaven and pours out his spirit on the church and his people and our hearts uh, yearn uh, for god to come down to us when god comes down things will happen Steps to revival. Just a few of God's people, and that's us, uh, like this little church, to get uh, thoroughly right, completely right with God, uh, with ourselves in our own hearts. This is the prime essential. Number two, let them uh, bind themselves together to pray for revival until God opens the heavens and comes down. Number three, let them, let them put themselves out for the disposal of God to use them as he sees fit in winning the others, winning others to Christ. This method will not fail. And here it is to sum it up. Get right with God. This is us. Band together and pray and put yourself at God's disposal. Amen. Hallelujah. And then I uh, this uh, I had a note here. I found uh, this was Evan Roberts in the Great Welch Revival. They say he was one of the instruments 
that started the Greek uh, revival, well, the Welsh revival. And he says, uh, your desire of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in your city, uh, well, you're, you're, there, well, four conditions must be observed, and they are essential. He said here, number one, is there any sin in your past that you have not confessed to God? On your knees at once, your past must be put away and cleansed. Is there anything in your life that is doubtful? You cannot decide whether it's good or bad. Away with it, there must not be a trace of a cloud between you and God. Uh, have you forgiven everybody? If not, don't expect forgiveness of your sins. You won't get it. Number three, do what the Spirit prompts. Obedience. That's the uh, main thing. Unquestioning obedience to the Holy Spirit. It is better to offend 10,000 friends than to quench the Spirit of God. Number four, a public confession of Christ as your Savior. There is a vast difference between profession and confession. Amen. Praise the Lord, the Father. Yes, as you praise the Lord, you praise the Father, and you praise the Son, why don't you praise the Holy Ghost? You speak of Him as something. The, uh, the Spirit has been smothered in hundreds of our churches. Quench not the Spirit. When the fire burns, it purifies. And when it purifies, you are useful in the work. God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I tell you something. <clears throat> that Welch revival, I read about that. I tell you, it was unbelievable what happened over there. Huh? There was so many, the fire came down uh, uh, from heaven and, and revival broke out and it went on for I don't know how long. It was unbelievable. People were being saved huh, by the thousands. Uh, there was a guy that wrote an article and he said, you know, he said if you could stood up, stood way above wells and look down, he said, into the valleys and the hills and the cities and the little towns and the hamlets. He said, in reality, he said, you'd see fires all over the place. Huh? Where the churches, huh, had caught fire. They had a revival, huh? And people were getting saved. Amen. And there was a, I want to say this. There was this guy, I don't know how many uh, uh, years after the great revival there at Welch, he was a pastor. And, and he was so impressed of what had happened, the things he heard and the things he read, that he went down, he, he took a trip, and he went down to Welch in that country, huh? And he went to those churches, huh, that had, the, that had experienced this great revival, and he, and he went down there and he said he sat in them, them services and he observed everything that went on and he found out one thing that kept the church going. Huh? It was the older people. It was the older saints that were in the congregation huh? that had been in the actual revival that broke loose. Huh? I want to tell you something. Why is that? I'll tell you what happened. Huh? Revival broke out, huh? There in Welch, huh? 
And they was there and they experienced the power of God. Something happened into their lives, huh? And it changed them, huh? It changed their relationship. Listen, they were already saved, huh? They were God's people, not all of them, but a lot of them was. And it changed their lives. And there was a fire burning in their soul, huh? And the fire kept burning, huh? And it burned all these years, huh? And he said, that's where the strength of the churches was. Huh? When I went back to visit them, huh? it was in the old people that experienced the revival of Welch. I can see that. Huh? I can see that. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I tell you, I was listening, I read or heard a story the other day, and it said in America, when they just had the colonies, the first great awakening, and I think it was back in 17, in the early 1700s, you know, we had been over here, I, I don't know my history very well, I think we got over here in, the, in America in the 1600s, I think it was, uh, trying to get established. You remember uh, uh, the pilgrims and everything that came over? And uh, anyways, it said that uh, uh, they had come over here and, and, uh, to get away from the king, huh? And to have their own freedom of religion, huh? To worship God out of the dictates of their own heart and not have a king overrule them and tell them what religion and how they was going to worship. And they come over here, my friend, huh? To get away from all that. All this was God's plan, huh? Christopher Columbus was part of God's plan, huh? God had a purpose behind America. Listen, and those people, they said that they come over here and they and on the Mayflower. And when they hit the land, before they even got off of this ship, the Mayflower, they made it a prayer deck for God. There was an altar, huh? That they prayed to God and asked God for his divine hand to help them and establish a nation huh, that would glorify God. Everything that they've done, everything that they tried to build in this new nation, they wanted God in it. Right. Huh? And they never stepped a foot until they was all in agreement. Huh? There were sinners in there with them. Huh? There were some old shipmates, huh? Didn't know anything about God. Huh? But they bound together and agreed huh? to work together for the glory of the Lord. Amen. Huh? Yeah. Praise God. They got up, you know, and, and they started. It was a wilderness, huh? It was a wilderness. There was nothing here, huh? I don't know if you ever seen those movies, The Story of Us. Have you ever, you've ever seen that? The Story of the United States. I need to buy those videos. It's amazing. They, they started, they, they start out with our history at the very beginning when they landed the Mayflower. And I tell you what was so amazing was how they could do things on, on, on video. But it, it, it showed it showed New York City, okay? There was no city. Listen to this. This is what really got me. I'll never forget it. And it, and it showed the ships coming into the harbor. I think it was uh, the British or whatever it was. And it showed them ships out there in the harbor. And there was just a little bit of people, huh? 
where the colonies was, where, where down in the Virginias or wherever it is. I'm not very good on history, huh? But all of a sudden, it said it, it, it was. It, you was looking at that, and then all of a sudden, a little bit by little bit, they started moving the trees away, huh? They started getting this way, moving the trees, moving the land, and the next thing you seen was progress, huh? And you start seeing cities being built, huh? Till it got down to New York City, huh? Where it is right now. It just kind of done that in slow motion. And it makes you think, wow, that is so wild, huh? But anyway, what had happened? Huh? They got down and they started this nation. And they went through hard times. They had hard times that they went through, huh? And they said, the historians, historians said what had happened, huh? They were still God's people and they still worshiped God, but they got their, their focus on other things in life and they got turned around, huh? And they, and they, and they was kind of got away from God, so to speak, huh? And they needed a revival and a refreshing and the great awakening came. I tell you, in the preaching, there was two things that was focused upon the preaching in the first great, great awakening. And the first thing was that they preach that life is meaningless without a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what they preached, huh? That was the founding of their preaching. And the second thing they said, the Word of God has the power to change the world and to change their nation. And it does. Uh, they preached that, my friend. Hallelujah. I was thinking about this this morning. How we need this. How we need it so much. I thought about this this morning. Or not last night. Not last night, all week. Where are we going to find the revival? Huh? You're not going to find it anywhere. They're not out there. You might go to a scheduled revival. You might go to a meeting. Huh? I'm talking about real revival down in the depths of our souls and hearts. Huh? Where God comes in, listen, and fills our church with his spirit, fills our hearts with his spirit, I think. And there's a power and a moving of our God. And we can feel it. And we can know it. Huh? And it's pushing us to do the work of the church. Huh? And do the work of the kingdom of God. I want to tell you something. The world is so lost this morning. Huh? They're so twisted and lost and don't even know it. Huh? I tell you, we need a spirit in us and a witness in us huh? that God's behind us. That will tell them about the gospel and about Jesus Christ and his precious blood and his sacrifice for them. That he loved them and could change their lives forever. Right. Huh? Mm-hmm. Praise God. Mm-hmm. I had so much on my mind. Sometimes my mind goes blank. I'm sorry. Can't help it. Huh? But we need this. We need a real revival. Huh? We need a stirring down in the depths of our hearts. Amen. I tell you something, my friend. Charles Finney. Have you heard of that name, Charles Finney? Huh? Was a great evangelist. 
uh, back in the 1700s, late 1700s, I think it was. There was, they say, they estimated that there was more souls saved by him than any other evangelist in the world. More than Billy Graham, huh? And, and Charles Finney, they never had no electricity, huh? They never had anything, huh? This was the late 1700s, I believe it was. They never had no avenues whatsoever, huh? Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people saved under his ministry. You know what his success was, he said? God was, I tell you, God was all over him. God was all over him and his ministry. Uh, he would preach. And matter of fact, the altar call, you remember we have our altar calls? Huh? We used to have them in the churches all the time. And a lot of churches still have them. When they have visitors and people, they give an opportunity for, for people to come to the altar. Charles Finney is one of them that started that. Huh? What he would do, huh? He would, before they start preaching, he would say, who is interested? Who is seeking God? Huh? Who wants the Lord in their life? Who wants this religion? Huh? If that's you, come on up to the front. Huh? Come on up and sit down in these pews right here. Huh? Come on up here and sit down. And he preached to them. He preached to the whole crowd, but he preached to them. There was earnest seekers. He drawed them out, huh? I'll tell you what he said, but his secret was, listen, there was a man, and you'll never hear this. This is hardly ever mentioned. His name was Daniel Nash, all right? He was a prayer warrior, huh? He knew how to get a hold of God, huh? He knew how to intercede for the people of a city, of a town, huh? He knew how to talk to God. And he had somebody else with him at times, but what, what Finney would do, listen, what Finney would do, huh, before he went into a city, huh, he would send Nash ahead of him, huh? He'd say, go into this city, huh, and pray. Go seek a place and pray, huh, and, and intercede for the city, huh, and then I'll call you when I'm, and you get a hold of me when it's ready. I tell you, Nash went these cities, listen, before Finney ever came, weeks before he ever came to the city to preach revival, to preach the gospel, Nash was already there, huh, interceding to God for the souls and the lost of the city and the town, huh, praise God, listen, it said there was a lady, huh, and this has happened times before, huh, this lady said that Nash and, and his partner, his prayer partner, huh? They rented, they rented this little room, huh? They rented this little room off this lady, and they went down there, huh? And they and they prayed, huh? And they interceded to God. And she said, I tell you, I heard the crying, I heard the wailing. She said, I heard the praying, huh? And she said, these men haven't ate for days. And she was worried about him, huh? She was, was afraid he was going to die uh, by the condition that they was in. And she got a hold of Finney somehow, Charles Finney. And I got a message to him. Huh? 
and said, hey, he's been. And she told him what was going on. They've been down here in this basement, in this room, praying to God. Huh? They ain't hardly ate or anything. Huh? They look sickly. They don't look very well. And Charles Finney said, huh? they'll be all right. Hallelujah. They'll be all right. They had a purpose and a reason that they were there. They were interceding to God. Huh? Then he'd get a hold of Charles Finney. Huh? Said the city was ready. Huh? And then he'd just move on out. And go to the next city or the next town and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. What are you saying? It's in prayer. Right. Revival will never happen, huh? Till we get in prayer with God, in earnest prayer, and seek Him with all of our hearts. Huh? God will come. Huh? Yes. Amen. Mm-hmm. We need the Lord. We need an outpouring of his spirit. Huh? We surely need that. I'm done. I'm going to quit. I'll read right over here. Call unto me and I'll answer thee and show thee great and mighty things that thou knowest not. I want to tell you something. There are things huh, that man can not do. Huh? There's a lot of things that he can't do, but I'm talking about spiritual things that man can't do. It takes the divine hand of God. Huh? The great awakenings and real revival comes from God. Huh? He's the one. It's, I'm going to tell you something. These things are inaccessible to man. We just got to be the vessel and the, and the, and the soul that's willing to, to sacrifice ourselves right. for the cause of Christ. I'm going to quit. It's already new. <clears throat> I want to tell you something. In 1970, down here at Asbury College, a Bible college in Wilmore, Kentucky, I read this book, probably this little book about this, it's about that thick. I read it more than probably any other book because it blesses me every time I read it. Uh, in 1970, uh, when, when the hippies and, and, and when there was rioting across the United States and all the colleges, they were rioting, uh, rioting and protesting and, and causing all kinds of havoc. This little Bible college down in Wilmore, Kentucky, huh, had some students down there praying and interceding to God because they knew that they needed a revival in their little college and that the United States needed a revival and the college needed a revival. Huh? They were praying people, these students. They got together. They said there, I don't know how many nights, how many times, for how long. They would come together. They would get away from their studies and they would pray to God and they would intercede for, to God for a revival. And I want to tell you something. It happened. In 1970, read about it, huh? Asbury College, the great revival there, huh? And it said there one morning, huh? They they had services in that chapel, and the minister, the chaplain, the preacher, huh? He came up to the pulpit, and uh, he said he come up there. They said in a reading, and he 
got ready to preach, getting ready to preach, and he said, I don't feel like preaching. He said, I don't feel like saying anything today. Huh? The Lord stopped him. I believe that. Right. Huh? He didn't have nothing. Huh? Because the Lord shut him up. He said, I'm just going to give testimonies. He said, well, we're just going to give testimonies this morning. That's all we're going to do. Huh? If you want to testify, just come on right up to the front and testify and give your testimony. Huh? This is when it started. Huh? Them students come up. <clears throat> they said at first they'd give their testimony, you know. Tell them what God had done for them. Huh? Then a few more would come up. And all of a sudden, God's Spirit filled that chapel. They said God's Spirit came in that chapel. Huh? And the writers and the people and the students were telling about it. It was so real. God had came. And now when the testimonies come up and the students gave their testimonies, huh? The people that, the students that wasn't right, that were unsaved, huh? Were not living right for God. It affected them. And they come to the altar. And he opened, the, the preacher opened the altar. And they could pray. And they prayed. I tell you, and they got saved. And they stood up, huh? And they come up just like the other students. And they gave their testimony, huh? And they'd go sit back down, hallelujah. And another set would come up and they would pray through. And then they'd give their testimony. What are you talking about? A real revival broke out. Right. Huh? I tell you, it made the news nationwide. It went through all the country. Huh? They came to Anderson. My mom sat in one of their, a couple of their services. What they done, huh? But anyway, it said there, they made the news. Listen. The, 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 the cafeteria and all the classes and everything that was going on, they had to shut them down because there was no students around. Huh? They were all in the chapel. Huh? They were lined along the altars or not along the pews and every aisle huh? and down through the halls. And they were praying and seeking God. Huh? Praise God, the power of the Spirit was so full. Huh? I gotta quit. I told you I was gonna quit. Huh? And they said a news reporter came down. Huh? He said he never seen all the news reporters never seen anything like it. They never seen anything like this before, and they really didn't know how to report on it. And they asked one of the men there. I don't know who it was. He was he he was affiliated with the school, and he said, "What's going on here? When did you schedule this revival? Huh? What's happening?" And he said, "We never scheduled nothing." We never had no scheduling of no revival. He said, I'll tell you what happened. Christ came down and sat in the pew. And he's still here. Huh? And I'll tell you when it'll end is when he leaves. Hallelujah. Amen. Right. I tell you, that, that reporter didn't know what to think of that. Huh? I tell you, that spread so fast. And then, then those students, they got saved. Huh? They had the fire, the, the revival fire on their souls. And it said, huh, that they went out in fours, huh? And, and there was churches in Kentucky and in Virginia and in California and all over the state and in Indiana and in Anderson, Indiana at the Church of God, huh? They was wanting these people, to, these students, to come and witness what had happened 
they went down to give their testimonies and their witnesses, huh? In the churches. I tell you, the churches found it, huh? A lot of people in the churches got saved. There was people in them churches, huh? That were saved, huh? That sat under those ministers for years and never got saved, huh? Never gave their life to Christ. But the witness, listen, the Spirit was upon these students. And when they testified, those sinners, those lost people knew it was real. Right. And they give their heart to God. Uh, and there was church people. It's in the book. It's written. Huh? They were living right. They weren't living right with God. They had sins. They had unforgiveness. They had bad feelings. Huh? Bad habits. Hatred for other Christians and other people holding grudges. And it said when they came, huh? Hallelujah. Prayed through and got right with God. Huh? They had that over in Anderson, that's Church of God, right down there on, I think it's 19th Street. Them students came down there and testified, witnessed about the revival. And the next day, the next evening, they didn't have room. Huh? They didn't have room to keep the people. There was too many people. It got out. Huh? It got out, and the and the and the administration, city administration, people said, "Hey, we got to have this somewhere where we can hold the crowd." I believe they had it at the high school. I don't know where it was. It was the wigwam or wherever it was. Great big high school to hold all the people. What are you preaching about? Revival. Revival. Amen. It's the need of this little church. Huh? It's the need of my heart this morning. It's the need of all of us. Huh? If we get a hold of God huh, with the revival fires, listen, it'll change us. Huh? It'll make an impact upon us. Huh? Praise God, I want that. I want that more than anything else. I want to win the lost for Christ Amen. and be a witness. I want us to all tell. Amen. But I want to tell you something. Like I said, I can't help it. I hope it happens. But I don't think it's going to happen anywhere else. We're going to have to do it. So what I want you to do is pray about it. Seek God. Ask God what he wants you to do. Huh? Pray for revival in this little church. Huh? Pray for, pray for revival that God will use us. In a real and genuine way. We need it, church. Yes. We need it. I want to tell you something. Huh? Get people in. Get them saved. The church will grow. And I want to tell you another thing. God will have us that's here right now. God will have to use us. Right. Huh? Because if we grow, huh, we're going to have to have Sunday school teachers. Huh? We're going to have to have more services. Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday night. But I'll tell you what, <laughs> we get the fire in our belly. Right. I'll tell you, we'll want to be here. Yeah. We'll love to be here. We wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I want to tell you something. I've been into some camp meetings and some revivals and felt the Spirit of God. It was so strong. And I'll tell you, it was great. Huh? It was great. You didn't want it to end. You didn't want the service to end. Huh? But it had to end. Huh? Mm -hmm. I want to tell you something. We get it, huh? Praise God. Listen, 
I want us to be everlasting. Amen. Just like those old people. huh? When that guy went to those churches huh, to find out what had happened, it was the old people huh, that were in the church that experienced the revival firsthand and still had the fire burning in their steps. Huh? The church, listen, the church was feeding off the old people and the fires that they got years ago. Huh? 